Welcome to Truth Revealed Ministries, the weekly broadcast from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown, New York, with Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised, infallible, and impregnable Word of the Living God. Our prayer is that today's message draws you closer in your walk with Jesus Christ. And now, here's Pastor Albert. Greetings. God bless you. It's such a pleasure and an honor for me to share the Word of God with you today. I welcome you to our broadcast, and uh, I can tell you right now, this message is going to be a doozy. So buckle up, strap in, and here we go. Title of my message today is Suppression of the Truth. Suppression of the Truth. I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 1. We're going to start at verse number 18 and go through verse 25. And the word of the Lord says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. There is so much here in our opening scripture, literally, it's telling us that mankind has become corrupt. And it also is talking about the wrath of God, which is imminent. Well, let's think about this for a second. What exactly is the wrath of God? We oftentimes want to hear messages that really make us feel good. I like to call it warm and fuzzy feeling. But the reality is that there is a coming judgment to the world. And many people that are not followers of Christ, that have chosen to reject him, will actually end up in a real place called hell. Hell will be the ultimate end of all ungodly people. I mean, think about it. Where else could they go? There is no other place. Fact. Hell wasn't created for you and me. It wasn't created for mankind. Its original creation was for the devil and his angels. Contrary to popular opinion, the devil doesn't rule from hell. 
There is no throne there. There is no uh, uh, armies there that he rules the armies to, to cast them into the world. The reality is hell is a place of torment. Unfortunately, people will end up there because of their refusal to accept the truth, the truth of the love of our everlasting God. God's wrath, many ways, are seen here on earth right now. We look at earthquakes and plagues and pestilence and famines and droughts and all type of adverse weather conditions and pain and suffering and even death. I mean, it's so uh, paramount all over the place. The Bible says these things are the beginning of birth pains, the beginning of God's wrath on mankind. It is seen in the world and the lives of some people who continue to persist in doing evil. God's truth is sure. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. So let's dive in a little bit. Suppression of the truth. First and foremost, truth has been revealed to all by God. All of creation points to its creator. The majesty of the heavens, the heights of the mountains, the creatures both great and small that walk on the earth, the depths of the ocean and all the living things in it, the birds that take flight in the air, all of nature and all of creation testifies that God, the creator of life, is God. Now think about this. I've been taught this as a kid, a young kid in school, the Big Bang Theory. Now think about this. It's impossible to have a big cosmic rock colliding with the earth and all the pure and perfect gases and emissions of this explosion coming together to create the spark necessary for life in all of its glorious variations. I mean, think about that. That's absurd. It's just not possible. There's so many other questions that come. For example, where did the water come from? There is more water on planet Earth than there is land. 70% of the Earth is covered in water. Did the gas also create both types of water, salt and fresh? Did it create oceans and rivers and streams? How about the fish? Did they create the fish, salt water, fresh water? Did the fish become mammals? Did gills turn into wings? Did fins turn into legs, bones, and joints? What about the monkeys? How did the monkeys become human? And why do we still see monkeys walking around today? You see, there really is no evidence at all on our entire planet that species are still undergoing the evolution process. The reality is evolution itself is a lie. If it were true, shouldn't there be some fish growing legs and crawling around somewhere? Or shouldn't there be some frogs flying out of the water or the ocean with wings on its back and taking flight? The fact is, mankind literally is suppressing the truth because they understand and they know fully well that with the truth comes accountability. Remember Pilate when he said, 
What is truth? The most significant question ever asked of Jesus. And then he turned around and walked away. And we know the answer is most people don't want the truth. The truth hurts. The truth offends. It's scary and oftentimes final. Jesus is truth. Again, the living personification of truth. John 14, 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he also said, no one comes to the Father but through me. So let me break it down. There is no other way to heaven. There is no other way by which man should be saved. It's only through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the truth then, and he is the truth now. He is the truth, and not simply a truth. People have been walking away from Jesus for years. The reality is because they don't want the accountability that comes with serving Christ. Others claim he doesn't even exist so that they don't have to walk away. So they, in essence, suppress the truth of God's word. Man has fooled around with and created his own version of truth or even a belief system. We have subjective truth. That, that is uh, the truth that is true because, quote, I feel this is truth. Think about it. L look at Hitler, Adolf Hitler. He probably thought to himself it was okay to kill four million Jews to cleanse the earth. That was his truth. Look at Hamas and ISIS and, and all these militant uh, uh, groups trying to kill people that don't think like them. They believe that killing infidels is their holy jihad. That's their version of their truth. But let's think about another type of truth, which is objective truth or absolute truth. That which is true no matter what anyone says or no matter how anybody feels about it. It proves itself. It stands alone. It cannot be shaken. It stands the test of time. The Bible, the Word of God, is the objective or absolute truth of God's Word. It is, the Bible, it is authenticated by prophecy. No other book can make this claim. Not any book ever written, any religious book. Only the Bible, the Word of God, has prophecies written in it, some of them a thousand years old, several hundred years old, and they were completed and fulfilled to the letter. Not a single one has been uh, uh, disproved. The absolute rule of conduct. The Bible is the absolute rule of conduct because it is truth. We must follow truth. We cannot make the Bible fit or conform into our subjective truths. We are to make our lives conform to the word of God, which is total truth. Christians, we're not called to pick and choose truth based on what works. We're called to internalize, to ingest the objective truth of the scripture, which is our only infallible source for that truth. There is a breakdown in many of today's churches in the actual preaching of objective truth. It's what causes so many of our teens to forsake the faith when they get older. 
It's also why so many older people have no clue why they're really going to church at all or even living the way that they do. In fact, many are clueless. Many are doing and believing what seems right to them. Again, subjective truth. Only to one day be shaken in their beliefs when something happens that doesn't fit into their system of subjective truth. And once their foundation begins to shake, the structure of their lives is sure to fall, a big crash. When this shaking begins, it won't matter how many Christian concerts you've been to or how many church services you came to or how many buildings you've built in third world countries or how many times you've walked down an aisle and said the sinner's prayer. You might hold on to your subjective truth for dear life, but the reality is it will not hold on to you. However, the believer in God's absolute truth found in Jesus Christ will never die. We may stumble. Yes, that's true. We may fail and we may fall. That's true. But how glorious, how wonderful that we can stand up, we can rise up again. And not only that, but repeatedly. Why? Because if Christ is for us, who can be against us? The objective truth of Jesus Christ is what will hold us when nothing else will. There's a difference between me gripping what I think is truth and then the truth gripping me. Truth is its own defense. Truth doesn't need a lawyer. Truth doesn't need excuses. Truth is undeniable. Truth is lived out. Truth is visible. Truth is seen. Truth is heard. The question is, who's listening? Who's obeying? And who even cares? Sometimes truth takes time to come forth, but it will always come forth. Charles Spurgeon, very famous uh, author and teacher of the Word of God, he quoted, A lie can travel halfway around the world while truth is putting on its shoes. Man believes in the lie, oftentimes because it's easier. It helps him avoid the truth. That's why we can choose subjective truth instead of living in the objective truth of God's word. Those outside of truth are already experiencing the wrath of God seen from heaven. Romans 1, 20 through 23, I'll read that portion again. It says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Let me tell you, one day we will all stand before God, and we will not have an excuse at all. We will face him in all of his power and glory. But let me continue. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And it changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, which basically boils down to idolatry. There's a dark side of the human nature called 
the will. Man suppresses and rejects the clear imprint and evidence of God that is seen in all of creation, and he turns to himself, to his own way. I like to call it the false trinity, me, myself, and I. He makes for himself gods, little idols. Let me tell you, the Bible says that we are created to worship God. We have been created specifically to worship God and to have fellowship with him. We live to worship him. However, many believers do not worship God. They can't because they don't know him. It's impossible to worship what you don't know. Once God is belittled in the human mind, man will pervert the worship of God and he himself will turn to idolatry. Instead of our worship being devoted to God, the creator, the creator or the created will worship the created, the creation. We will make for ourselves little gods. If we can't find one, we try to become one ourselves. Think of the many artists today that are calling themselves I am. They have uh, Will I Am and all these different, even concerts are named the I Am Tour and uh, you, you name it. They're all scattered all over the place, calling themselves I Am, a name which is exclusively reserved for God. In Exodus 3.14, God said, I am that I am. Tell Pharaoh that I am has sent you. The second commandment, Exodus 20, 4 through 6, it says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Wow, this is serious. He's talking about the third and the fourth generation and those that make up for themselves idols instead of God. He says, those are the people who hate me. Wow. To make God Anything else, uh, instead of him, God says that you hate him. James 2.10, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. Very humbling scripture. Self-proclaimed Christians. Many make for themselves an actual idol of God. Let me explain that. Many people who call themselves Christians today they really don't have a relationship with God. It's very easy to say, oh, yeah, I'm Christian, but do they really know God? They create a false Yahweh, a false Jesus, a false Jehovah, a false king of kings, one that is not found at all in all of Scripture. Moreover, they'll worship that very same false God that they created in their own mind. I hear this all the time. People say, well, God is love, and he would never send anyone to hell. I'm a good person. God is everywhere, and it doesn't matter what road you take because all roads lead to God. Listen, Oprah Winfrey says 
that God is the great light. And she says that we're all children of God. Let me tell you, Proverbs 20, verse 6, it says that we all will speak about our own goodness. Everyone believes that they're good, and everyone believes that we're a child of God. But John 1, uh, 12 says that to them that believe have been given a right to be called children of God. We forget verses like 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Listen to what it says. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Bam! That's right there. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. One uh, Next verse, Mark 13, 13, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Wow, that's some really scary words straight from, from the Bible. It's scary because it's true, and it hurts because many of us may find some of these attributes in our own life. We can't shape and mold God's word to fit our sinful lifestyle. Instead, we must surrender our will unto his. Now, let me tell you, because it's about to get real heavy in here. Hallelujah. Strap in, buckle in. We're going in. Praise God. Let's read a few verses later. Romans 1, 26 through 32. It says, For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to their parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. My God, have mercy on us, O Lord. We see approval in our day for same-sex unions in many churches all over the country. Now listen, don't get uptight. Relax. But the reality is we need to speak the truth, the truth in love. On the internet, 
the other day, I saw an anniversary party for two same-sex pastors. We just read the, the book of Romans. It says that these are vile passions, debased mind, not fitting for the saints. These verses are talking about willful sin, knowing the sin and doing the sin. James 4.17, it says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Let me tell you, there is a difference between sin and willful sin. Oftentimes, many of us, we, we all fall. I fall. Sin is, is like making a mistake, a, a failure, a shortcoming. But the beauty is we can go to God and, and ask forgiveness and repent. But willful sin is serious because we know what we're doing is wrong, but we don't care. Our conscience is so seared as with a hot iron that we continue to do the things that are displeasing to God. 2 Corinthians 7.10, it says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So let me break it down. It's talking about two different types of sorrow, godly sorrow and human sorrow. Godly sorrow is the sorrow that produces repentance, that when you do something, you say, Oh, my God, I can't believe that... This happened. I can't believe I dropped the ball. Oh, God, have mercy on me, Lord. I, I'm sorry that I hurt you. Oh, God, you know, cover me, wash me with your precious blood. It, it produces a repentant heart, a contrite spirit. That's godly sorrow. And then the adverse, the flip side is human sorrow. And that's the sorrow for getting caught. A person could cheat on their wife 25 times. But the 26th time he gets caught and all of a sudden, oh, baby, 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 please forgive me, baby, please. I'll never do it again. That's human sorrow, the sorrow for getting caught. See, the decision rests in the will of man, our will. Is it submitted to God or not? You know, there is a satanic uh, Bible out there and that, that Bible has literally one commandment. Do you know what that commandment is in the satanic Bible? It says, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. What an abomination. In other words, as long as you follow your own will, if you do what feels good, it doesn't matter who it hurts. Just do what you wish. You're all right. You know, the Bible is totally against that. Our will is supposed to be surrendered to God. There's no candy coating it. C.S. Lewis, he says, there are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those who God will say to them in the end, thy will be done. Isaiah 59, 14, it says, justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. See, the reality is that hell will be full of people who avoided the truth, who suppressed the truth to obey their own will, to obey and follow their own version of God, their own false God. The human will, apart from God, let me tell you, it's a dead-end road. People who are not serving the Lord in spirit and in truth They've already decided by default that they're serving the enemy, the devil, Satan. 
You know, I, I say this a lot at our church, but hell actually has a national anthem song. You know what that national anthem is? I did it my way. <laughs> it's some terrible singing right now, but praise God, you get the point. That whole song is like an anthem. When we do things our own way, we're denying the will of God and we're saying, you know what? I'm going to do it the way I feel is best. 2,000 years ago, truth demonstrated its own love to the world. Truth came from paradise and took upon itself flesh. Truth lived among mankind and followed the perfect will of God. Truth was baptized in the water grave. Truth was tempted day and night. Truth was revealed to the world. Truth opened the scroll in the synagogues and read aloud, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Those words came alive when truth read them openly for all to hear. Prophecy was fulfilled when truth proclaimed those very words. Truth made the impossible possible. Truth cannot lie. Truth casted out devils. Truth gave sight to the blind. Truth told the lame to get up, take your mat, and walk. Truth cleansed the lepers. Truth multiplied the loaves and the fish and fed thousands. Truth told the little girl, Talitha Kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. Truth walked on the water. Truth told the waves of the sea to be still. Truth opened the mouths of the mute and heard them worship the Lord. Truth told the Pharisees that if they destroyed the temple in three days, it will rise again. Truth told Lazarus to come forth out of his grave, and Lazarus came out. Truth called the religious folk whitewashed tombs, snakes, vipers, and hypocrites. Truth ate his last meal with the brethren, and one of them was a devil. Truth was beaten up, spat upon, whipped, and flogged, and truth opened not his mouth. Truth was nailed to the cross for the full purchase price of man's sin. Truth forgave all mankind from that same cross. Truth gave up his life and his spirit for you and me. Truth went into the grave, into Sheol, and led the captives free on the train of his robe. Truth triumphantly rose from the grave. Truth walked among man again and alive and gave us the good news. Truth gave those who walk with him authority, dominion, and eternal life. Truth couldn't be held back. It couldn't be bound down. Truth exploded from the grave. And those who abide in truth will go and do likewise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What is your truth today?
Is it subjective or is it objective? Are you covering the sky with your hands to avoid the truth? Have you made God an idol, a God that fits into your own little genie bottle? Are you pretending to know God to fit in with the crowd? Are you serving God for what you can get from him? Let me give you another quote from Dr. Ed Cole, the late Dr. Ed Cole. It says, loving God only for material prosperity is a form of spiritual prostitution. Wow. Remember, C.S. Lewis, he said, Jesus was either a lunatic, a liar, or Lord. I ask you a question, all those who are listening today. Is Jesus Christ your Lord? If he is, are you totally surrendered to him? You know, we really can't call him Lord. He really can't have lordship in our life if we're not surrendering our will unto him. Instead of suppressing him, why not surrender to him? The truth will make you free. In closing, I leave you with one last verse of scripture. John 8, 31 through 35. Actually, 31 and 32, excuse me. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Why not let the truth set you free today, my dear friends? Jesus is the truth. May God bless you. May God keep you. And we thank you for listening in today. Amen. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. You are all in our prayers. We're able to bring this radio ministry to you because of the generous support of listeners like you. If you've been blessed by today's program, please consider partnering with us with a love offering of any amount. Visit our website, specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. That's specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday soon. We thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you.